This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. And welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never podcast. I am your secondary host, as usual, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the headliner, the main man himself, Dave Roberts. Statman Dave, welcome, welcome. Hi, Natalie. Good to be back. And I think we're uh, getting to the swing of these preview shows now. We're getting into the uh, the routine, aren't we? We are. It's like clockwork. Well, we just I that, get this down. <laughs> <laughs> give us give us some confidence, Dave. Come on. Um Yes, we are here this week to look at uh, another Saturday 3pm fixture. This time the Clarets are back at Turf Moor and we are at home to the Toffees, mighty Everton. Um, actually, I just spoiled one of your, I just realized I just spoiled one of your stats. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Um, so before we get on to the stats that you've not just heard that Dave's going to enlighten us with, we have a small matter of a quiz question that needs answering. Um, last week, Dave, you asked our listeners the following quiz question. Ashley Westwood was in Aston Villa's starting eleven for Burnley's last visit to Villa Park in May 2015, but only two players from Burnley's starting eleven are still at the club. Can you name them? What were those answers, Dave? Well, the, the key for the question was Burnley's starting eleven. Um, and the two players in that starting eleven from May 2015 who were still at the club, and they both started and played uh, last Saturday, uh, were Ben Mee and Ashley Barnes. Excellent, yes. That little sneaky snippet in that question of the starting eleven tripped a few people up this week, and myself and uh, Mr Bromley, both of us, as well as quite a few of our listeners, did fall foul of the Kevin Long um, one of the, I think we all was just thinking about long-standing players. So I went Ben Mee and Kevin Long and was not correct. But we did have some correct answers, didn't we, Dave? Uh, we did. On Twitter, we had um, George, Joram72, uh, and also uh, Rob Thomas and Leighton Bracegirdle both got the uh, both correct answers. Yeah, can we give Leighton two shout-outs this week? Because you didn't give him his, you didn't give him credit last week for getting the correct I know. answer. I know. And he's I, like I, I, a super fan <laughs> of the Known and Ever podcast. That was mean, I, Dave. I apologised on Twitter and he uh, he took it in good heart. 
<laughs> he took it that badly. Leighton has been listening to the previous show in the bath and he took it to heart that much that he had to go and sun himself by a massive swimming pool just to ease the pain. So there you go, Leighton. You get full credit this week. Um, we also got another correct answer on our Twitter DMs from Peter Jones and naturally, of course, Tom Whitaker from Team None. I never got it right because he's clever and he always does and he knows everything about Burnley. So well done to everybody who got that answer correctly. Um, Dave will be giving us another quiz question at the end of the show. Please do get involved. It's just a bit of fun. There's no prizes. There's no trophies. But, it, you know, just makes our day when you tweet us and give us a correct answer. And we actually might make Dave start making them a little bit harder again now as well because it's getting a bit easy. Opposition stats. Right, so we move on now and we look at the opposition where Statman Dave is going to give us the lowdown on who we're going to be playing on Saturday. So, Dave, over to you. Who exactly are we playing? Uh, we're playing Everton Football Club and they can trace their history back to 1878 uh, when St Domingo Football Club was established in Liverpool. But they changed the name to Everton a year later. Uh, along with Burnley, they became one of the 12 founder members of the Football League in 1888 and they played at Anfield until a rent dispute forced a move to a new ground, not too far away. That's Goodison Park in 1892, and they've played there ever since. Excellent. Now, this, obviously, the question that all of our listeners are dying to hear because they simply don't know this. Any nicknames? Uh, yeah, mentioned already at the uh, the start of the show, uh, Everton are known as the Toffees or Toffee Men. Uh, they're the most common nicknames. Although there are a few others I've managed to dig out, uh, not too commonly used, but they have been used in some uh, press articles going back that I've managed to find. Uh, they were known as the Blues, uh, obviously due to the colour of their kit, um, the Black Watch, and also the Moonlight Dribblers in the very distant past. That is an excellent start. The Moonlight like Dribblers. That. I know we're going to speak into Matt Jones of the Blue Room later on in the podcast. He'll have never heard of it. No, I'm going to tell him that because that's fantastic. <laughs> it's a shame he couldn't be on the full show. He would have loved these. Um, what about Everton's all-time goal scorer then? Uh, yeah, uh, William Ralph Dean, better known as Dixie. So that's Dixie Dean. Scored 383 times for Everton in 433 appearances. Uh, and that included a record 60 league goals in season 1927-28. Um, coincidentally, he's also Everton's top scorer in matches against Burnley uh, with 11 goals. Uh, and there were some rumours later in his career that Dixie Dean may have been about to sign for Burnley in 1937. The rumours were, mm, were mentioned in the local press, uh, but they seemed to deny them at the time, and eventually was transferred to uh, Notts County. Well, there you go. Exciting stuff. thought you were going to tell us that there were some riots in Burnley and he changed his mind because his missus didn't want to move to Burnley. <laughs> That's not usually how those failed transfers go, isn't it? <laughs> um, heaviest Burnley defeat then, please, Dave? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll remember this one. I can cover two questions in one go because Burnley's biggest home defeat uh, to Everton was last season's meeting. Uh, you may remember they came to Turf Moor on Boxing Day uh, and came away with an emphatic 5-1 win. Uh, it was very much the low point of Burnley's 2018-19 campaign. But thankfully, we, we were able to address the issues, turn things around in the second half of the season, starting with another home victory over West Ham United a couple of days later. Excellent. Um, what about the uh, heaviest Burnley defeat then, please? Uh, sorry, that was the heaviest defeat. Burnley's biggest win. Oh, sorry, it was. Yes, of course. Burnley's biggest win was 5-0. Uh, we had a 5-0 win at Turf Moor. We've got to go all the way back to... April 1920 for that. Uh, that does remain, though, Burnley's yeah, biggest victory are. for a home game. Uh, Joe Anderson scored a hat-trick that day 
just over uh, 100 years ago. Excellent. See, there's so many stats going around. I'm getting myself all in a, in a tither here. Uh, Burnley's... Easily done. <laughs> it is easily done. So many stats. Burnley's last win then, please, Dave. Uh, yeah, we came from a goal behind to beat Everton 2-1 in March 2018. Um, and that was thanks to second half goals from the dynamic duo of Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood. Uh, Everton's Ashley Williams also saw red for elbowing Ashley Barnes late in the game. Really? Is that a thing? I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. That's I genuinely don't remember there being a, a red card in that game. Later on, very, in, in the penalty yeah. area, later on, yeah. That, that's like literally six months ago. I'm quite worried about my... No, March 2018, so it's... So, oh, yes, of course, 18 months 18 ago. 18 months ago, yeah. My God, I'm not doing very well this week. I'm, I'm getting me stats the wrong way around, my dates the wrong way around. I don't know. Um, let's move on then. Let's get let's get some sense of, of proper normality to this preview show. Who's then managing? It's a good job I'm on the ball. Is what, sorry? <laughs> It's a good job I'm on the ball. It certainly is. This is why I'm not the host of the preview show and you're the superstar because I'd be terrible at it. Um, who's their manager then, Dave? Let's get some uh, order to these proceedings. Uh, Marco Alexandra Sareva da Silva from Portugal, or just Marco Silva for short, Quite. is Everton's <laughs> current manager. Uh, born in 1977, he turned 42 in July and he's been in charge at Goodison Park since the end of May 2018. Uh, he'd been with Watford for a short spell during the previous season, but you may remember this ended controversially, including allegations he'd been approached illegally by Everton while he was still at Watford, uh, and this later resulted in Everton making a substantial compensation payment. Ooh, feisty. Um, head-to-head stats then, please, Dave. Uh, our over- uh, overall home record against Everton stands at played 57, won 25, drawn 15 and lost 17. And the majority of those matches were also top flight home games. Um, so that basically uh, we've played 53 times in the league against Everton at Turf Moor. We've won 23 of those, drawn 14 and lost 16. When we look at the Premier League meetings, there hasn't been a draw yet, home or away. But in terms of the, the meetings at uh, Turf Moor in the Premier League, Burnley have won three and Everton have had two away wins. Those are good stats. We have not had that many where we've been... You know, we've had the, the better end of the stats there. They're, they're pretty positive figures. Let's make sure we, we add to them this weekend. Um, so who's played for both teams then, Dave? Uh, quite a few, but some of the more memorable ones to represent both clubs since the Second World War include Harry Potts, Martin Dobson, Dave Thomas, Trevor Stephen, Adrian Heath, Tony Grant, Paul Gascoigne, David Unsworth, Michael Keane and, of course, Aaron Lennon from the current squad, to name but a few. Excellent. I won't do the Adrian Heath song that I did last week because that's already been covered. He's he's turned into a fixture, as young Adrian Heath. Um, finally, then, who is the man in the middle? Who's going to be refereeing our game at the weekend? Uh, we've got Graham Scott. He's going to be the man in the middle at Turf Moor this Saturday. And his friend back in the VAR studio will be Kevin. That's Kevin ah, Friend. Ah, very good. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's the second time that Graham Scott's been in charge of a Burnley match this season, as uh, he was also at Turf Moor for the 3-0 win over Southampton on the opening day. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Now, I know that's not everything, Dave. I know you've got something up your sleeve because it's never, ever just about the normal stats. Why don't you delve into Statman Dave's bank of knowledge and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week? Okay, this week's stat of the week is uh, Burnley's home game against Everton on 17th of February 1962, which was an FA Cup fifth round tie, was the last time there was a crowd of over 50,000 on Turf Moor. There were 50,514. 
Uh, Bobby Collins opened the scoring for Everton to give the visitors a half-time lead, but Burnley won the match 3-1 with second-half goals from Brian Miller, John Connolly and Jimmy Robson. That's a good start. That said, though, we believe that you're a little bit spoilt for choice this week for Everton stats, and you might want to might want to give our listeners a bonus stat of the week. Is that true? I had a few to choose from, so yes, there's an extra one here, um, an interesting one. Um, it would never happen these days. Uh, when Burnley met Everton at Turf Moor in 1948, uh, Burnley's manager, Cliff Britton, had already leave, uh, agreed to leave the Clarets to take over at Goodison Park. Technically, though, he was still the manager of Burnley, and this was his last match in charge, although he did opt to let the board of directors make the team selection. Burnley went on to win the game 1-0. Opposition view. Well, I think it's now time we met our opposition, and this week I am joined by the delightful Matt Jones from the Blue Room. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the preview show. Always a pleasure, Natalie. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now... Looking at Everton versus Burnley, what's the first Everton-Burnley game that you remember? My first Everton-Burnley game was the year that you came up the first time. Uh, the face the uh. of Robbie Blake and all that. I think you beat, <laughs> you beat Man United 1-0 the week before, and Everton came to town to more. I think they were playing pretty well at the time, Everton as well. Uh, but we lost 1-0. Um, I can't remember who scored for Burnley. It was a little blonde lad, I think. Um, his name escapes me now. There's a really good goal down at the, 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 the end where the away fans don't sit. And then Louisa Hart put a penalty wide in the second half. Um, I think Brian Jensen was in goal and he hit it. And, you know, at the away end, we all thought it had gone in, but it just snuck past the post. Everyone cheered, realised it hit one of the sponsors' boards and, and came back. So, uh, yeah, a, a vivid memory, but not necessarily the best one from an Everton point of view. <laughs> no, exactly. It was, it was Martin Patterson who scored our goal that uh, game. Yeah, he, he scored some really important goals in our um, playoffs to get us up there as well. Um, and interestingly, that game was the second out of four. We became the first newly promoted side to win four consecutive home games in the Premier League. So thanks for that, Matt. That was a, that was a good start. You did you played your part. <laughs> so I could console myself for the fact it was a great Burnley side, at least. That we lost it up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep telling yourself that one. <laughs> um, so let's have a look at Everton then directly. I mean, obviously, it's getting on a bit now in the season, but we're still asking this question now. How did you think your summer transfer business went? And I guess more importantly, who do you think is going to make the most impact this season out of the people you did sign? Ooh, a, I think to take the first first part of that first, it, um, it was very mixed, to be honest. I think you, you look at certain parts of the squad and you could say in regards to, to Moyes Keane, who's, who's not you know hit the ground running yet, but he's, he's a 19-year-old with a lot of potential. I think everyone was very excited about him and still are very excited about him and are expecting him to, to do good good things for Everton this season. Um, I think Alex Iwobi is another really good signing and the early signs have been good for him. And then the rest of it's all a bit a bit muddled, to be honest. Um, Fabian Delph was one that caught a few people by surprise, albeit he's, he's done quite well. We brought in Jean-Philippe Gavamin as well, who has, has not played much yet because he's, he's been injured. And Sidibe came in at a right-back. But um, there was, I think the glaring omission for us was in regards to, to a centre-back. And I think the club sort of banked on the fact that you were going to bring in, potentially, well, potentially bring in Kurt Zuma. Um, it may be looking like it could have happened late in the window, but when Chelsea sell David Luiz, obviously he ends up staying at Stamford Bridge, and all of a sudden you're rattling around for people like Chris Smalling yeah. and Walker, which which nobody wants to see really. So I think they got a bit caught out there, and and ultimately they're, they're paying the price for it now. Um, Michael Keane and, and Yerry Mina 
I reckon we'll both be fine defenders if they're playing next to someone like Kurtzuma, who, who have that profile of a recovery defender, a dynamic defender, but next to next to each other, they don't seem like a natural partnership. So um, overall, the, the transfer business was a little bit iffy. Um, in regards to who's going to make the biggest impression, I think so far it looks like it might be Alex Awobi. Um, yeah, definitely. One of those players that, you know, when you sign from a, a top six side, you see all their fans sort of saying, oh, he's rubbish, this lad, I'll, I'll drive him to Everton or or whatever. And then you realise that what's rubbish for them is actually quite good for us. So he, he's come in and, and made a, a pretty good impact. Um, really hard worker, progressed the ball really well, creative. And, and I think he'll do good for us this season. Ah, oh, good stuff. Um, now, you and I obviously spoke earlier on today when I guested on, on your podcast as well, on your show. So I know the answer to this. But for the benefit of our listeners, which Burnley player do you think provides the biggest threat this weekend? Oh, Ashley Barnes is a nightmare for us. Yeah, he's. he's um, and I, I think I said it, you know, to you earlier. When you, when you, when you watch him in the flesh, he's just a, a, a tornado of, of snide and, you know, energy and dynamism, and he just doesn't give a centre back a, a moment's rest. And you know, something that that I think you mentioned yourself on the show is that. He's somebody who's having seems to be having technical elements to his game late in his career as well. You know, you look mm. at some of the goals he scored this season, and they all seem to be different goals. I think there's a lot of players in this league who've scored a lot of goals this season. You know, you think of people like Salah, who cuts in from the, the right hand side, finishes his left foot, Aubameyang racing onto through balls and finishing calmly. I, I don't really know what an Ashley Barnes goal is because he seems to just score lots of different types of goals. He's good in the air, he's good on either side, he can run in behind, he can drop off and, and hit shots on the turn. So. He, he looks like a, a bit of a nightmare proposition for Everton, I have to say, going into this weekend, um, especially in defence, which has been very flimsy in the last few games, I've got to say. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest credits we can give to Ashley Barnes as well is the fact that Michael Keane is obviously a player who should know Ashley Barnes more than any other defender, yeah. having played you know, in the same team as him and, and known in training sessions how teams play to his strengths. And even he hates playing against him and just seems to struggle a little bit um, in handling Ashley Barnes. So I think, I think you're probably right there. Um, I guess, more generally speaking, what are your hopes for the rest of the season as an Everton fan? I know you're back in this slightly difficult phase at the moment, but realistically, what, what, is, what, would, what would you consider a success by the end of this season? Winning the League Cup, I think. I mean, if Everton won the League Cup and finished 17th, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Oh, really? Oh, that's really uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd be delighted with that. I mean, with, 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 you know, it's, we're going back. You know, I, I always joke on our show about how I, I think Everton are the most boring team in the league because they will be between 8th or, you know, or 7th and, and 12th over the last few years. They'll beat the teams they should beat. They'll lose to the teams they should lose. And occasionally they'll lose to the teams they should beat. That 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 is what Everton are. Yeah. Um and it there's not much excitement and I think that stems from the fact that we are pretty secure in the Premier League but never been good enough to really push on and, and challenge for the top four. And the cup competitions as well. it feels like we're a fan base in need of, of a spark and you know something to really get behind and I think a cup run would do that. And um, we've never won the League Cup either. You know, it's you know you think of Everton's you know, prestigious history in regards yeah. to things. There's a competition we've always sort of joked that we're, we're cursed in, but um, I think that's that'll be the priority for me, I've, I've got to say. You know, they've got a, a relatively decent draw in the next round at home to Watford, who I imagine will we'll bring the reserves up for that game, given their, their issues. Bring the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think they will. So, cup competition's got to be a priority. Um, in regards to the league, I think the, the, the last few weeks have been a bit of a 
a sobering experience for a lot of Blues. I, I have to say, I wasn't as confident as a lot of Evertonians going into the season. I didn't really see Everton as a you know a side that could finish above Leicester or Wolves necessarily. I didn't really think there was much between them. Um, but after the the results against some some of the Premier League's middle pack, you know, you look at teams like Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, who've already beaten us this season. I think it's sort of checked, uh, checked expectations a little bit. So I don't think there's going to be much torch of, of a top six finish from now on. I think it's just, it's, it's about getting that win on the board. We're all in a phase at the moment where you look at every game and you think we're not going to win that. And I think that, that that's horrible to be in as a fan, especially at this point in the season. So if he finished seventh, eighth and a good cup run, um, I think everybody would be happy with that. But like I said, League Cup 17th would do me nicely. Yeah, I love that answer. I've said I've said a long time now that that you, there's nothing like a good, you know, a good trophy or a, a good cup run that really lifts the fans. And it's it's a hard it's a hard league in the Premier League. Even and it's it's, it's reassuring to hear Everton fans say the same things that we say because obviously our main focus of the season is avoiding relegation. You don't have that battle, um, but we always say the same thing. If because for, for a team like Burnley, the net result from finishing eighth to seventeenth is exactly the same. You get to play Premier League. Yeah football next season but if you could get a cup run in there what a great great season for us if we could win something we need to stop drawing Manchester City away in cups that would be really good for us um, yeah. <laughs> I'm always really nervous about asking this but be nice to us because we've had a couple of opposite I don't think you will be nasty because I know you like Burnley but we've had a couple of really prickly answers to this from opposition fans who were really quite rude to us but the, the next penultimate question is where do you think Burnley will finish in the table I think they'll be between 9th and 13th. Perfect. I knew you'd be kind. We had yeah, we had both, I think, Wolves, Wolves fans and somebody else came on who were really, really like, oh, no, you're going down. We're like, excuse me? Mm. It was all going really, really well and I had that awkward, awkward <laughs> live interview. I was like, well, you're not a friend of the show. You're not coming back on. Um, but no, that, that's... <laughs> That's, our listeners are going to love that. We, we'd be quite happy with 13th. We'd be delighted with 13th. Yeah. Um, just, just, I think barely, you know, the, the league at the moment is in a really weird state, I think. It's just, you obviously you've got the top two, but I think everybody else is just so up and down. And I think, I think teams are going to get by the season on, on the basis of, of good coaching. And I think Sean Dyche has proven himself to be a really good coach down the years. And, you know, whatever you say about him and whatever you say about the style, there's a lot of players who trust him. He trusts a lot of those players, and they know each other dead well. And I think where the Premier League is at the moment, where there's a lot of teams in transition like Everton, and, you know, even you look at sides like, like Villa and that have come up, and Norwich, who have been a bit, bit hit and miss as well. I think if, if you've got a, a good manager and you've got, you know, beliefs and a, and a blueprint that the players believe in, I think it'll be absolutely fine this season. So, and that's not, I don't, I don't mean that to sound patronising because I'd, I'd absolutely no, kill no, for someone out of Everton at the moment. But I think on, on the basis of the fact you've got a really good coach and, and some really good players who know each other well, you'll, you'll be absolutely sound. Don't don't compliment Dyche too much though, because if you guys do end up sacking silver, we always have that oh no moment <laughs> where we're like yeah. oh no Everton are going to come in for Dyche and he's going to go and that's it we're going to just be relegated. Yeah. Um, well, finally, Matt, just just so our listeners, I'm sure would have absolutely loved listening to you. Um, who are you? Tell them who you are. Tell them how they find you and where they can come and say hello. Yeah, it's, it's obviously all very negative at the moment, which I think a lot of opposition fans quite quite enjoy listening to. Our, our numbers are high when we get beat than when we uh, when we win, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's the Blue Room EFC on Twitter. Um, essentially, we do uh, 
podcasts in the week and after every game we've got a subscription service as well where we talk about all sorts at the moment it's trying to speak as little about everything as possible but um you know it's it's hard lines so i've got to say but uh, ho- hopefully that'll change after, after saturday yeah well well no hopefully it'll change a week on saturday because <laughs> it's still a claret podcast and we want to make sure but no we do we do genuinely hope that your um your season turns itself around not just for your own well-being but also so you don't come in for dodge so um matt it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much to talking to the preview show and best of luck for saturday anytime <laughs> So that's all good stuff, is that, Dave? Obviously, we've now heard from Matt Jones at the Blue Room and we've looked at your stats of the week. But what's your general feeling for the game on Saturday? I'm feeling quite positive, I think. Um, well, you certainly want to get revenge over uh, over Everton from last season. We lost home and away, and particularly the, the defeat on Boxing Day was hard to take. Uh, we're 3-0 down after 22 minutes. We'd concede the penalty. Um, we got a goal back, but then they scored another two goals in the second half. Uh, beat us 5-1 and you know they were the better side on the day and I think most fans went away from that game thinking you know how we're going to get on this season we started this season so much better um, Everton have had their own problems and I think that um, they're going to be under pressure I think the players and their manager in particular are going to be under pressure so it's probably not a good team to, to play it can be um, a difficult place to come to Turf Moor when the crowd and the players are up for it so I'm hopeful that uh, we can have a good atmosphere on Saturday and we can get a good win. So I'm going to go for uh, a 2-1 win to Burnley. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, as, as we heard from Matt Jones earlier on, that the Everton fans are really not looking forward to this game at all. I just think that they're really feeling the pressure at the moment. Although, as we said, I think they should be um, buoyed by a much improved performance against City, I thought. I thought they actually did all right. Um, but yeah, they are they are really struggling at the moment. It's one of those games where I feel like Burnley could easily win and I wouldn't be surprised, but then we could easily lose and I probably wouldn't be surprised either. Um, I think I certainly put Everton, especially at home, in the category of those teams where you shouldn't really expect the points because they're a good side. But actually, they are definitely the games where we should try and look at getting some bonus home wins for sure. So um, what's your prediction then, Dave? What do you think we'll, we'll end on? Uh, I think 2-1. Two, two Burnley win, 2-1. Uh, yeah, I think... When I spoke to, to Matt Jones on his podcast to do the opposite view, um, I went with 3-1 to Burnley. And I think I'm going to stick with that prediction. So there you go. From, from Dave and from Natalie, a resounding um, win for Burnley. Fantasy Premier League update. So I think it's about time we started looking at the much-coveted no-nay-never fantasy Premier League, Dave. What on earth has been going on this week? It's all changed again this week. We've got a, another brand new leader. I think it's still relatively early days, so things uh, are still um, a little bit fluid at the top. Um, and we've got uh, Ben Rushton's Beans Boys, who stormed to the top of the league. Um, they've got um, uh, 448 points, um, five points ahead of Michael Freeman's team up the Clarets. They've got 443 points. And Rob Greenwood's team, we've mentioned previously, Ospina Colada. Um, is in third place on 442 points. So it's it's tight at the top, not not too much in it. No, it's not. And I think one of the things that's really interested me as we've been keeping an eye on the, on the Fantasy League this season has been the jump in places. I, I did worry that to, you know, as we started to go along, it would be the same people all the time and we'd be just saying the same things. And I, just, I did wonder whether there'd be any longevity in this particular 
part of the feature. But every single week, it seems that there's been a big boost. And people are very good at this fantasy football stuff. Um, some people. Some people, yeah. And speaking of which, I appear to still be 162nd out of 163. <gasps> Shock, horror. Um, Dave, how, how did you do this week? I went up a few places. I'd, I'd made a transfer and I'd uh, done reasonably well. And I think I, I went in about 149th place. So I've, I've gone up above that 150. So I'm, I'm hopeful that I can continue building on that in uh, in weeks to come. Yeah, I think my aim now for this season has changed somewhat. And I think if I can get above you at any point so I can gloat on this show and say, yeah, I'm above Dave, that would probably be enough for me this season. Um, in terms of team known and ever, Richard Steele is still um, leading the pack. He is 33rd um, out of 163 and 401 points. And it is still George Barnes who's right behind him. So, yeah, not a great deal of change there. Um, what about stats in terms of the, the general dream team, Dave? Well, just going back one, we didn't mention uh, Andrew Riley's team, Rylestone Cowboys. They scored 76 points in game week seven. That was the highest I could see out of all the teams in the No Near Never League. Uh, but going on to the dream team, uh, we didn't get any Burnley players in there, but I was looking at the. Um, the figures overall for Burnley players for the season to date. And um, Eric Peters is now a high-scoring player. He got an assist in the at, uh, at Villa Park, and in the process, he overtook Ashley Barnes as the high-scoring Burnley player. And who would have thought that? At the no, start definitely of the not. And I've got to say, it's, I, it surprises me a little bit because I think some of the narrative that we're seeing from our listeners on social media and we're talking about on the podcast is some niggling claims that. Uh, Peters needs to be dropped now and Taylor comes back in um, which obviously seems quite at odds at what the official stats of the players are so we'll we'll keep an eye on that one and see how that correlates between the two Um, well we'll keep on looking at the Fantasy League for you throughout the season and we'll let you know who the movers and shakers are Um, but do do keep getting involved and if obviously you're one of these teams that are doing really well do tweet us and uh, and get involved in the show you know how and gloat go on Dave I was going to say and gloat and gloat I thought you'd said something else then. I was a bit like, Dave, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, get in touch and gloat and we'll uh, we'll read your messages out on the show. Um, yeah, you can tweet us by using at no near never or send us an email at podcast, sorry, to podcast at no near never dot net. Dave's quiz question. And then finally, we have the quiz question of the week. Did that sound like our opening jingle? I aimed to be. I'm not. I'm not as good as our our guy who does the opening jingle. But we'll we'll re-record that. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Well, Dave. On that note, do you want to tell our listeners what this week's quiz question is? Uh, yeah, this week's quiz question is going back to August 2009, and Burnley Ever- uh, welcomed Everton to Turf Moor for a competitive match for the first time in 33 years. Uh, Brian Jensen saved a Louis Sahar spot kick, his second penalty save in consecutive home matches. But which player scored the winning goal to give Burnley a 1-0 victory that day? Ooh, I don't know who that is. I'm going to have to think about that and I'm going to answer that separately. I'm going to send Dave my message. So if you think you know the answer to Dave's quiz question of the week, you can tweet us with the answer at known and ever. You can post on our Facebook page if you head over there and search for the Known and Never podcasts or you can email us at podcast at net. Um, Dave, if our listeners need some help, where do they find it? Uh, well, the Burnley Stats page has details of over 5,500 past Burnley matches. If you want to go on there and take a look, here's the short link. It's bit, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Burnley Stats, and that's all in lowercase. 
Excellent. And we will give you the correct answer at the start of our, of our next preview show. So that concludes the preview show for this week. And we have looked at the Clarets home fixture against Everton at Turf Moor Saturday at 3pm. Be there or be square. Um, Godspeed to all Clarets who are travelling to Turf Moor. Enjoy the game and make sure you cheer our boys on to victory. Um, before we finish up, though, I think, Dave, you've got a couple of things to mention um, in, a, in accordance with, um, sorry, in, in correlation with in accordance with in conjunction relation yeah lots of c's in there um with bsc in the community there's a bit of information for fans that you want to share uh, yeah they are doing the um food bank collections in association with the burnley fc in the community kitchen um so there are um collection points all around turf Moor for people to take uh, items to uh, tinned items uh, toiletries etc um, fans can donate those um, and a fundraising event also for that uh, same cause um, the Bob Lord biography is out and there's a fundraising dinner at Turf Moor on the 25th of October uh, there are seats and tables still available so if you want to contact Dave Thomas who's the uh, co-author of the book um, he's contactable on Twitter he's Rodley Dave um, or beehivethomas at aol.com is his email address if you want to get in touch with him for uh, tickets to that event brilliant good stuff well we'll be back on tuesday with the main show to have a look at the everton result which will hopefully be a fantastic three points for the clarets and maybe have a few talking points depending on what's happened in the premier league and at turf more this weekend so this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and never podcast until next time The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.